They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, The Journey of an Entrepreneur. All right, well, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. We have Leslie Hassler. <laughs> I feel like you're yes. one of the more infamous, like, 10K. Everybody infamous. knows you. Really? I, I, yeah. I feel you like think? it, don't you? Well, what's interesting is that I think we were, fr- like, we befriended each other on LinkedIn. Yeah. And then I found out you were a 10KSB because oh. I followed you previously, and then oh, I started really? putting all the puzzles together. But, yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm clueless. <laughs> okay. Well, you're but popular. I love it. I love you're it. Very popular. Oh, well, thank you. Maybe yeah. I know you too because I've known you before this. But anyway, yeah. so your biz rules is your Correct. business. Correct. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. So we work with service-based businesses um, to create predictable profits in a way that you can self-fund your growth and scalability without the burnout. So we're good at that. We're good at money. We're good at cash flow. We're good at growth and scalability. And then bringing in the balance. You know, we were chatting pre-air about the freedoms that you look for um, as a business owner. And those freedoms tend to be the first thing that people sacrifice in the name of success and achieving success. We just believe you can start experiencing them and living them a lot sooner um, and if we can get your business profitable, you're going to have a lot more confidence in doing that. And then we show you an easier path to growth and scalability. I love it. I always give the analogy of get it, getting your business to a sellable spot or getting it to that place is like getting your house to a sellable spot, right? Like mm. we always do it right before we sell mm. yeah. and then we don't enjoy it. And it's like it's just getting it to that place that maybe you don't have to sell it, and you but you can enjoy it while you're living in it versus – like working your butt off to get it to a place and then leaving it. Well, and uh, so today I was writing the newsletters for our next month. And one of the topics was this conversation of and or Mm -hmm. and or or, I suppose. And I think in business, we think it's about the or I either need to be at the office in order to be successful Mm -hmm. or I'm with my family. But if I choose that, I can't have success. You know, when we're constantly like I am either paying somebody else or I'm paying myself, I'm either growing my business or I'm doing this, right? Mm. It's always this or conversation that we have. And truly, we like to reframe it to the and. How can we pay our team what they deserve and pay ourselves? How can we go on vacation and have the business grow? And to your point, like if you think about exiting your business or selling your business, most people go, okay, I'm ready, right? And they're like ready day one. Well, almost any business valuation, business broker will tell you, you need a good three years of proof that your business is successful. In those three years, why not allow the business to pay yourself as if you've already sold it? Hmm. So when you get things like predictable profits in your business and you change cash flow and you've got a growth and scaling trajectory, We want the business to reward our owners. And we talk about there's like four or five ways a business can pay you. Obviously, it can pay you regularly as a salary. That's the hardest one for people to do. It should pay you out of profits. And then it should pay you dividends in other ways, perhaps because we put into place uh, cash flow plans and profit plans. And sometimes we're saving for taxes and 
our team, you know, between the CPA and your financial advisor and us, we come together and we figure out ways to minimize your taxes and you get to pay yourself again. And maybe you're paying yourself mm -hmm. in firm of retirement. And then when you exit, it should pay yourself again. I mean, like a business doesn't just pay the owner someday when it needs to be paying the owner every day, every month and every year to have even a viable concept that's will that somebody else would be willing to buy. It sounds simple. Is it mindset? Is it like, oh, it's a whole bunch of things. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I just thought, okay, we'll just start paying, you know, like yeah. make it a regular salary thing. Well, that's easier <laughs> right. said than, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot. And listen, I'm going <clears> to. <throat> Speak from experience here. So in my first business, um, we were doing great. 0809 came, we crashed hard, and it took two years to come back. Came back um, during right before we started to come back. I um, had stopped paying myself. And that was like I don't know, 2010, I think. We brought our business back in 11, 150 percent growth. Mama was not paying herself because now I'm scared. Mm. I'm scared to see what would happen if I started to pay myself again because I don't trust the growth. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I couldn't have predicted what happened last year. Yeah. Like how I like my confidence. So you want to talk like one of the mindsets things. Confidence has a lot to do with it. And so a lot of what we'll do when we come into a business is put in the structure that gives you confidence. Okay. And it's with that every time you have a freak out, freak out moment, because we all have them on a regular basis, right? Yeah. You're like, no, here's my safety net. Here are the signals in my business that says I can do this. And here's why I'm doing this. And when we're working with a business owner to get back, either get comfortable with increasing their pay or starting to pay themselves, whatever it is, one of the questions I'll always ask, say is, at the end of the day, if your business needs funds, who is going to be the first person in line? You are. So you need to take money out of the business when it's appropriate to do so, so that you can build your own nest eggs, your own safety nets. And should you need to, you could infuse your business with cash because you've been taking cash. Like this is a symbiotic relationship, not yeah, a parasitic yeah. relationship, but we tend to treat it as very parasitic to where something, either my life is capsizing my business or my business is capsizing my life. And that's because we're in an or situation, not an and. So I think it's just when you change your beliefs around what money should be doing in your business and your expectations, you're able to take more of those freedoms, which Getting paid is one of them. You know, being not just getting paid, but getting paid well, getting exactly. paid as the owner. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times owners are paying their staff yep. more than they're paying themselves. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's really hard on us as owners because you're like, damn it. Yeah. Here I am. I'm paying. You're thinking this, like mm -hmm. I'm paying you and you don't even know and blah, 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 blah. And that's not a, a positive or healthy mindset to be in as a leader in the business either. Again, it's an or situation that we want to turn into an and. So I'm really curious what brought you to this point in your business. You've said you've owned a, a previous business, mm -hmm. but what was Leslie like growing up? And is you know, were you in an entrepreneurial family or were you just were like, I'm going to forge my own path? 
Um, I've always been a rebel, so <laughs> I'm always uh, have a strong independence, strong sense of independence and self, um, for better and for worse some days. But so my family was entrepreneurial in that way, um, but it was very much like, let me try this business. Oh, that's you know, like give it three months. It's not working. Okay, I'm going to go back and get a job. So we weren't fiscally safe um, as a family. We probably should have been on assistance. We weren't. Um, and so every every decision that I can see my parents as an adult, like today, see them making was really based on I gotta have money to put food on the table. They had one business though, where like things started to change, and it was it was life changing for us. And it's kind of crazy because I'm like, that meant we could go have breakfast at McDonald's on Saturday, wow. or that meant we could go on a road trip. And that's you know my young girl self that's what mm -hmm. I equated it to and it was going really really well um, until they had a CPA tax advisor that embezzled their sales tax money mm. so they were in a wholesale resale kind of situation mm -hmm. my mom was awesome at sales um, and that embezzlement bankrupted my family there was no reserve there was no safety net there was no coming back and it it hurt yeah. again the adult me looking back understands the situation so much more but I kind of I say sometimes I'm like that that break in my parents business broke our family everything horrible that happened to me in my life afterwards happened as my two adult parents were processing that failure or what mm. they perceived as a failure right, right. Um, so I actually Yes, had an entrepreneurial spirit. I used to sell, you remember teddy bear pins? I'm so dating yeah. myself and jelly bracelets. <laughs> yeah. I would go buy them as cheaply as I could and then I'd resell them at school. You know, not it. that I thought about being a business owner. I just needed some money. Yeah. You know, and so I went to do that. But that experience that my parents went through as a 13 year old girl, I equated business being bad to family. Yeah. Like businesses hurt families. Yeah. So I actually wanted nothing to do with being a business owner. Nothing, nothing. How ironic to where you are now. How ironic, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but talk about full circle, where you yeah. help people not be in that position. So how I, did you get to your first business? Um, I call that my accidental entrepreneur journey. Um, I was working in interior design. I was working for a lot of other business owners, small business owners, and I kept losing my job. Like I didn't even think about it. I was interviewing for a job and they're like, so we noticed that you're not able to hold a job. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, oh, no, the business owners weren't making any money. And so they kept letting me go. And so I found out on a Wednesday that I wasn't going to have a job the coming Friday, Monday, and I was sick of it. I was sick of my life being controlled by other people's mm -hmm. businesses. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I think I can do this better because I do have confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Monday we filed incorporation papers and I opened up my first business um, in 2007, May of 2007. Mm. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Yeah. So, ta I mean, okay, so you don't want to start a business. You start a business. <laughs> and you don't want to start a business because of the, like, I don't, trauma, I guess, for yeah. lack of a better word. It lack caused. of a better word, yeah. Trauma. Yeah, for you. So you started right before a recession, and you said you I went through some fabulous. Yes. <laughs> 
So you go through some hard times. So, yeah. okay, how do you get over all this? Because you you hit bumps. You mm. you know everything happened that was probably what you feared of happening in your business. Yet here you are, still a business owner. Yeah. So you got to talk us through that because I know there's gonna be there's a lot of people who are like, should I keep going or should I do yeah. or mm-hmm. you know. It, you know, there's so much there. I, I liken it to, um, you know, what is it, the um, Shrek, where he's like, I'm an ogre. We're like onions. I have many layers. <laughs> you know, and I think it's it's been a lifelong, well, not lifelong, I'll say 15-year journey of peeling back layers because the person I was at day one is not who I am today. And I, um, I actually have to remind myself what the journey was so that I stay real and understanding for other people and the people that we work with. But the person that I was at the first day, let me give you an example. So I, when I opened up my first design business, I was still working for another, I found a way to do it so I can get my license. So there's a licensure agreement and I needed to finish out my experience. And I walked in one day and I was like, Kathy, Kathy. She was like, what? I was like, I have a question. She was like, okay. And I was like, when does the heart attack and the anxiety and the paranoia go away? I was like, because I'm going to die. I'm worried about everything. I'm worried about messing up. I'm worried about making clients angry. I'm worried about whether or not they're going to pay me. I'm just sick with worry. And she looked at me. She was like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Five years. And I was like, what? (laughs) I don't know if I can make it that long. (laughs) Five years. And I... I understand it so much better now, but entrepreneurship is really on-the-job training. You're never prepared. You never (laughs) will be. And the longer you wait to be prepared, then everything's going to change, and you'll have to start over. So what I've learned along the way is, one, my confidence matters. Two, my mindset matters. Um, I have an obsessive-compulsive worry mind like you would not believe Mm, you know what i'm like i what makes me really good is i can see all the possibilities great for my clients what makes my heart life hard is the fact that i can see all possibilities and i have to work on that you know so um my inner work is is a daily habit and i have great days and i have horrible days just like everybody else but I choose to keep coming back at it because I believe in what we're doing I believe in why we're doing it and I believe in the impact that I know we create I mean we change lives we change families we change financial legacies and create them we give people jobs we do things that make other people whole and when they're whole they take care of more people in ways I can't even fathom or have the skill set to do. So that keeps mm-hmm. me going. Um, probably the realization that I'm not here to be perfect. I'm not here to be right. I'm not here to know it all. I'm just here to do the best work I can do today. Um, so I guess that's a little forgiveness and permission along the way. But yeah, it's there's uh, one of the moments with the whole thing, I remember going into one of my first business coaches. I'm like, when exactly do I get to stop working on me? Because I'm sick of it. <laughs> I think that was like two years into it too. <laughs> you know, 11 years later, I'm like, oh no, that's just part of the gig. Mm-hmm. It's part of the gig. So you never get fixed. Dang it. Ah. I'm trying to. I'm trying. Yeah. You just <laughs> become a better version. Yes. Each and every day. I remember there was a gal, um, 
when I was an esthetician and I was getting ready to leave the job and I said, well, what's your best like business advice? And she said, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And then she paused. She goes, and it's all uncomfortable. And my naiveness was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But literally it's a daily practice. Mm -hmm. Today is not going to be comfortable. And I just have to be okay with that. And it's really hard. How would you coach someone through that? I would agree. I think, you know, here's the thing is it really comes down to safety Mm -hmm. and people want to feel safe. And for women, we don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to be wrong because somewhere along the way we were wrong and we got, you know, what is it? uh, Tattooed with a wrong kind of, you know, branded. 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 Thank you. Branded along the way. And I think as also as women, we, we take things much more to heart and deeper. Mm-hmm. And so safety is um, not safe at the end of the day, not in business. Um, if you're gr- not growing, you're slowly dying, you know, and there's there's statistics and there's, you know, information about that out there. But what we'll see is when people start playing it safe, their number might be about the same top line revenue number that kind of float and blah, 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 blah. but it's getting eaten away silently all the way down so the profitability declines and declines and then declines when that profitability is declining like that it means you need to shake some things up you need to change i happen to be an agent of change i actually like change mm-hmm. but to me that growth is safety Mm-hmm. And so I guess I just have a little bit of a different definition of what safety is. Mm-hmm. So I was talking earlier this week about a veil that had been lifted um, once COVID hit because suddenly people thought that who thought they had really great businesses figured out that it wasn't so great. There was safety in feeling like I got this, mm-hmm. right? It's just if you're feeling safe and it's okay to take a pause, it's okay to rest and recover because growth and scalability – Dude, it takes some energy and thought, and you need the moments of recovery. But understand that this is a journey. You're not ever going to reach a a finish line Mm -hmm, until mm -hmm. you're ready to walk out the door. And until then, you're on a journey. And you can't stay on the journey if you stop moving. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I want to talk about your business, too, because you and I have talked about this off, off recording, where I feel like your business, your messaging really evolved in your current business. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that process? Because I'll be honest, I, when I heard about you, I went from, I'm not quite sure what she does, yeah. like, to, oh, that's that's exactly, and that's a problem a lot of people have. Yeah. I know I have that problem too, where people are like, what do you do exactly? And it's like the <laughs> worst question you could ever get. You're like, yeah. oh, uh, well, do you have a minute? Um, <laughs> Can you talk about the evolution of going from, you know, that kind of broader to you didn't change what you did, Mm -mm. but you made it very clear what you did. Yeah. So we started Your Biz Rules in 2014, 2015. So now that's eight or nine years ago. Um, And I always started off talking about growth and scalability and because I can do really good growth and crazy growth. And we started off with the double your growth. You know, and that's really what it what the message was about. And people were like, Okay, yeah, that's nice. You're like fudge. <laughs> Not what I'm trying to do. Um, but we were also, as we were young in business, 
we were, I was developing my methodology. I was mm-hmm. developing my process. And as we came along, I got really good at understanding what it is that I like to do and don't like to do. I love to impact the whole business, you know, because it's all interrelated and it's a puzzle mm-hmm. and it's fun. Um, but as we've gotten better, like even this last, so we create predictable profits that help you grow and scale without the burnout. Okay, simple, right? You know what it was before that? We help businesses grow and scale so they, they can be profitable and enjoy more freedoms. Not a whole lot different, right? It's interesting. Can I tell you what that little beep did? It was crazy. How'd you figure out the little bit? I had a mentor. Okay. I was like, I feel like we're six inches. I said, we're just six inches away and I can't see what's standing in between me, between that for where I am and the six inches. Because I know the value of what we do. I know the impact mm-hmm. we have. You know, when people are like, thank God I've had some clients that go, well, I don't quite understand, but I'm willing to try, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, now I understand. I'm like, you do? Tell me. Tell me more. What does yeah. that mean to you? What does that impact? Like, I think we've also been really good at asking the questions back. Um, so I... Here's what I believe when it comes to your marketing message. You got to start somewhere. So don't try to be perfect. You just, you'll never be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, put it out there. See what sticks. I call it the spaghetti test. I don't know. My grandmother did this. I find out not many people's <laughs> grandmothers actually did this where they're cooking spaghetti and they throw it against the wall. And if it sticks, it's done. Oh, I've done that. Okay. Yeah. I continue Good, to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. But if you don't, if you're not willing to throw the spaghetti against the wall, you'll never know if it's done. Mm-hmm. And so we were just constantly looking for affirmation and looking for people's eyes to widen. 30 second commercials, and we all love them, don't we? Mm-hmm. That's my marketing research. Put me into a leads group and give me people that I think are my ideal client. I want to say my 30 second and I'll come back. I had two years where I went to the chamber. That's mostly what I was doing is going, ooh, did I catch people's attention? Did that work? Was that what needed to be said? And we were constantly evolving. Will this message evolve? Likely. But am I going to hammer it home until the cows come home or whatever? Yeah, heck yeah. I'm going to milk it for every cent that it's worth because it works. But it won't always work. And I won't know when it won't work. It also seems, and this is just an observation, that you're, you're the how you pronounce it and how you're holding yourself as you're saying it changes. So like even like the the confidence behind the first one versus the second one and maybe because it's already now since passed. It's because it's passed. It's like it's over there. Yeah. Because you, you can see us light up like even when you said both of them, but the way that you said it was completely different. And that is is that what you think is part of that message, too, is just how you're how, the presentation of it. Yeah, you have to own it. Yeah. All day long. And even when I don't. I don't know if I should be owning it. I still, my husband and I are always like, just act like you belong, act like you belong. And that's gotten me into some interesting places. Yeah. <laughs> it has not gotten me escorted out though, which is really good. <laughs> um, but I do think you have to have the confidence. So the change in my body language and the emphasis on the words, it is totally because I know yeah. what we should be saying right now. And I know that's not what we should be saying right now. Um, so I probably, do work well or diligently on embodying, mm-hmm. you know, but my my confidence has to be contagious. Yeah. Because the people that I work with aren't wholly confident and they need to borrow some. 
And that's okay. That's what we're here for, right? Mm -hmm. But you've got to want it. I've got to create desire in people's bellies and their hearts and, and, you know, hope and possibility. Yeah, I was just at an event and he made a statement where it was like, it's not for you to convince people that they need to believe it. Mm-hmm. It's for you to convince people that you believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, and that's the difference. Like, you know, I, sure, I need you to believe you. I can find you a hundred k. Yeah. No, I know I can find you a hundred k. You know what I mean? There's a huge difference. What were you gonna ask? Her? Oh no, I'm. I my next thought was more of like, when a new client is coming to you, mm-hmm. what do you think they're they're lacking most I actually think nobody's lacking anything okay right it's just that oftentimes you're so tired yeah let's be honest you're just tired right you feel like you've tried it all done it all and then if it's stuck and you're just you feel stuck in a rut and you don't know what to do oftentimes you have the right puzzle pieces you've just put them in the wrong order Mm -hmm. and they're misshapen because you've tried to slam them and cram them Right, so we'll go in and we'll first look at the puzzle pieces Mm -hmm. and go, oh, by the way, did you see that? You're like, I was wondering. I just didn't know how to see it. And I'm like, it's right here. Here's what it says. Mm -hmm. Here's what this means. Here's what we can do. And you're like, we can do that. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go have fun. (laughs) So oftentimes I just have to build in the quick wins. Mm -hmm. So you start believing in it again because belief is down. Energy is down. Your dream has been put on the back shelf. Mm-hmm. You're questioning it. And then you're like, is this even what I really wanted? Because the what you have on the table in front of you isn't what you imagined. And so we're just, we come in and we're like, what's the dream? Is this the dream? Like, how serious are you about this dream? Because mm-hmm. I can make that dream happen. But if it's not the right dream, now's the time. Let's reset that dream. And then let's just get the business to behave because most businesses are like three-year-olds. They're a little bit poorly behaving. They have a little temper issue, you know. They can be entirely lovable and huggable, but at the same time, they just need to know how we want them to behave. So then we'll move the pieces so that they're working together and in harmony. And through that process, there's gonna be shedding and pruning, right? There's gonna be things that need to leave, things that need to come to the table, people that need to leave, and people that need to come to the table. We guide that process and ultimately what you get is a business that's in alignment with what that dream and goal and your desires you as a person need so that you can, whatever the so that you can is. So is that all aspects of the business? So from from finance to sales to marketing to uh, core values, is that it's all of those pieces? It's all of those pieces. Wow, cool. So what we do with our clients individually looks very different, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's basically like you'll come in with the doctors, we're going to run some tests, we're going to ask some questions, and then I'm going to go, hmm, I think we need to start here. And sometimes that's mission, vision, values. Maybe that's where your company is. Mm -hmm. Because you can start a business without it. Uh, Let's be honest. We didn't have great, I mean, you can earn money without it. Yeah, let's be honest. But if you want to get to the point where everything is not reliant upon you, you've got to give your business a soul. Mm-hmm. And whether it's mission, vision, values, or it's impact statements, whatever the language that you want to use for it, it doesn't matter. The business needs a soul. The business needs a heartbeat. 
So if that's where we need to start because maybe our team is out of alignment, that's where we need to start because maybe our clients are out of alignment Mm -hmm. or maybe we're out of alignment, Mm -hmm. right? So sometimes that's there, but we always start with the money because you're a lot happier if you see money coming in your business, let's be (laughs) honest. It's still a success marker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna start with the money side, get the math right, and then do what you and your business need to have done next. Do you think some business, well, I can, just my own experience, right? And and from what we've been able to, people we've been able to interview, but do you think some people come into their business solely as like, okay, I I don't know what I'm doing. I just, but I keep running because opportunity keeps presenting itself. Mm -hmm. And so through all of that, you keep saying yes to certain opportunities that you don't really still know where you're going. And then you get a precipice where you're like, okay, now I'm at this crossroads. I don't know if I can take it any further. Mm. I don't know if the the education and the background that I have can now take it to the next level. Mm. Can you help businesses evaluate that? Yeah, it's about the time we come in, Yeah, in all honesty. (laughs) Okay. You know, for most of us, we start a a business as a job. We're Mm -hmm. good at something, right? And we figure we can make a living at it. Okay. (laughs) And then guess what? We're actually good at it. And so we have clients and... But we're still scared. We're scared of what next year, next month, we don't know where our next client's going to come from. Right? These are the things that come out of our mouth. Yeah. So then we can't say no, because what if, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, just being yeah. honest, this no, way, you're, it, way it rolls, right? So you ultimately will get yourself into a situation to where you can't. I can't work like this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I don't even like my client. I don't like myself. I don't, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like the litany of what we say to ourselves at this point is mm-hmm. is real. And then you're st- you feel stuck. You're like, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. Because you're working for everybody doing everything. And all the signs that actually say that now's the time are very counterintuitive. And so you do get to that point to where you don't know, but guess what? It's because you've never been here. If you stay here, I often say, I'm like, I don't care what you do, but I'm committed to you not staying. Yeah, Mm -hmm. interesting. Because even if you do something that takes you left when you should have taken you right, you're more clear that right is the right way to go. So even just sitting here for the, the amount of time that we've had with you so far. I'm curious how maybe 10 KSB impacted you because it seems like you're you very, well, they should, well, no, that there should, that there should have been some like, Hey, let's talk to Leslie about this because there is a lot of information that you have in just this 20 minutes that you've been talking that I'm just like, my mind is blown. What was your experience with 10 KSB and what did you gain from being in the program? So I, I came into 10KSB um, partly out of curiosity. I've been around the program. I work with clients that came out of the program. Okay. And it was like this big black box that nobody could t- tell me about. <laughs> and um, I wanted to be pushed. I mean, it was, it was COVID. So my father-in-law had passed away. I, this is what I find that I do. As I'm coming out of grief, I go immerse myself in something new. Because this wouldn't be the first. I just realized this, like sitting here, and I'm like, oh, I did this before. Hmm. So my (laughs) father-in-law had passed away, um, and he was a big part of our lives. Um, One of the reasons we moved to Dallas, lived two miles away from him kind of a thing. And I was like, all right, I need pushing. You know what? I need somebody else to kick my butt. Mm -hmm. You know, I need a me. I need a me. (laughs) Um, And I was like, I should try. 
let me just see what this is. Let me see what this is about. I think the biggest thing, I was actually talking to the director this morning and I was like, you know, my biggest thing was I wasn't hiring because I had some trauma experiences around team, mm -hmm. you know, but I'd worked through that and guided my clients into building amazing teams. I'm like, if I can do this for everybody else, I can do this for myself. So time to, I'm very big on living in integrity. If I tell my clients to do it, then, and I'm not, I'm like, Monday morning, note to self, kick yourself in the butt and go do it, <laughs> you know? Um, and so for me, it was hiring somebody that could help with the operations. There are three things I need to be doing, and but there's a lot of things that need to be done, right? So I hired her, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hired her before I even graduated, like halfway through the program, um, found some funding, got that set aside, said, okay, we're gonna lose money for a year. That's a big decision. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, how do you business is going to lose money or you're not going to get paid so how do you i would be interested to hear how you yeah. determine that like from and knowing you're going to lose money is okay so i knew that what we what we were i've always let me back up i've always had the passion to help people and there are too many good businesses doing really good things that aren't getting help and so part of our growth plan was like how can we how can we deliver more value to more people without me dying is yeah. really the question, yeah. right? How can we do this? And so in order to do that though, I needed more support and I needed, we, we deliver an amazing amount of support to our clients. Our clients will come back, they're like, nobody supports me like you did. I'm like, that's great to hear because that's exactly what we want. But I need more people mm -hmm. in order to do that. I can't be the only brain at the table. Um, and as a coach, it's 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 challenging because so much of it is intrinsically me. But I'd already spent eight years creating processes, creating tools, creating like I call them the one sheet wonders. Man, I got one for almost everything. You know, I've been <laughs> building it. I just didn't know what to do with it. And I have this Bible, I call it the Bible. And I was like, and I would talk to mentors. I'm like, what do I do with that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, it's like six years of my brain. What do I do with this? <laughs> so my Goldman Sachs was like, okay, let's let's put this to power. Let's put this to work. But I need people to do that. So um, the person that I hired has become now my client relations and operations manager. You know, we're using things like Goldman Sachs Fellows. And I was talking to Kristen. And I was like, why is it that every time I hire somebody, I realize how much we're not doing and how much we're not doing well? And that makes me want to hire more people because I see what happens when we do. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're we're stepping through that. The loss aspect is because it's not it's not about I mean, it's always about the money and it's mm -hmm. never about the money, let's be honest. I can invest in my business for that long because I believe in what we're doing and I know we're on the right path. Even if I stumble, even if we have to go and find a marketing and sales mentor to get the message right, even if we have to do these things to make the the dream possible, I'm okay with that. And so, yeah, did I cut my salary? I did. I made a conscious choice to do that, to reinvest into my business, to bring on somebody else. Mm -hmm. But year later, right back up, you know? And it's going to go up from here. I mean, like I have the yeah. whole cash plan that shows, I like, so it was never about, I didn't want to make the mistake of cutting my salary and then not paying myself again. So in order to decide to reinvest my salary back into the business, I had to have a plan. 
that said, when this happens, this happens. When this happens, this happens. And so now I just, because I trust the plan, I'm like, okay. I'm like, but not that it's not scary. It's yeah. Cool. You know, yeah. there's, I'm still human. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. end of the day. So you're glad you did it? Yes, I am. Yeah. I needed to do it probably two years ago, but I wasn't ready. Yeah. So readiness is a huge factor. Is there anything you did differently in your hiring that you really feel made a significant difference where you didn't get the burn? And I'm sure there's still been some negative, but did you approach things differently or onboard differently or anything you did differently where you feel made a difference where you actually want to hire more people? Mm. It's a really interesting question because I don't believe you ever know if a team member can be a good team member until they're a team member. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just let go of the resumes and let go of the piece of paper where, of course, we're trying to put our best self forward, right? And yes, want to interview with smart questions. You know, a client and I were building her team and what we figured out, the number one question we had to ask was why. Whatever the question was, okay, so why? Why blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. It was a really good question because you could tell people that had rehearsed an, an answer and the people that had embodied it. And we were looking for embodiment. Mm, I right? love that. Mm-hmm. So I think asking those smart questions, but um, the person that did come on happens to be a personal friend, so that's always complicates things, right? So we had a lot of conversations, and she asked me a lot of questions. And that's one of the great things she brings to the business, but it's also as an owner, you know, sometimes it's hard to sit down and answer every question. Because you're like, oh, just trust me. Come on. Why do you need more information? But I took the time. Yeah. You know, and I really do try to take the time. Um, Onboarding is pretty detailed. I'll admit, even when we bring on a fellow, we don't expect them to actually start work for three weeks. Because, I mean, guess what? You're going to learn our mission, vision, and values. You're going to see the work that we do. You're going to understand who our target audience is. You're going to come shadow here. You're going to come shadow there before you even start anything you've got to know who we are and so we spend a lot of time on that but i think um and and in that you see the people that get it and the people that don't yeah real fast right and i haven't invested a project into them just yet i've just invested myself into them and if they're not getting it we're like okay that's awesome we're not a great fit you know but i don't attach i think as business centers we attach so much emotion yeah. to it that we don't allow for ourselves to let it evolve. And then when it's time to say, it's just not a good fit, we don't do it because of that same emotion. I'm like, I'd rather do that at week three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's yeah. just kind of me. So yes and no okay. is kind of the answer. But some of it just is what works for me. Um, but I think I think your intuition probably is more on spot yeah. than we give it credit for. I like it. So when you're taking on a new client, what's your, what's like a, a the process for that? And then how long are they a client of yours from you know, moving forward? So when we bring on a new client, um, I mean, of course we always have kickoff, but our calls up to the point of being, you know, a client is we've, We've started to dig into things. Um, typically, I like to get a hold of the financials. I like them to add me to their QuickBooks. Let me see their stats. Let's 
let's establish some baselines mm -hmm. because again <clears throat> we have some, the hard success metrics that we like to see and we like to see it as well because we can't do our brand promise mm -hmm. without it mm -hmm. um and then we start to really decide what it is that we need to assess from there so sometimes it's just conversations like we've been talking to um, a potential client and i know actually we have to go to vision first they probably have the numbers down but I've got to go vision first. I've got to help them define what vision of the future is mm -hmm. and then work this way. Sometimes I can dive in, like I've had clients come in, I'm like, we're here in triage, we're in the ICU. We will be in the ICU for about three months, then we'll move to rehab, then we'll get out of the hospital, then we'll, and like I can space yeah. it out because we've ha I've had to help clients yeah. build back businesses. Other ones, it's like, oh, it's it's your marketing message. It's the product you're trying to sell or the service that you're selling. So let's fix that first. So it's through the conversations that we can actually identify what is there. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to have conversations, more evolves. Because I can't learn your business in a day and you can't tell me. No. Right. Right? At the end of the day. Um, but it is fun. Like most of our clients, we do virtually, but I love being in person because <laughs> there are some things you can't hide from me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't even know to tell me. And I'll like walk in and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's the ghost I've been looking for. Right. Mm. And I'm like, now I know what to do. Now I know what to help you do next kind of a thing. Oh my but our clients typically stay with us for a few years. We look at what we do is that we're teaching foundations and fundamentals. We're putting in systems and decision-making uh, skills for our owners. If we do a good job, you shouldn't need us forever. Not a great business move. Yeah. But I feel really good about what we do. Yeah. Right? And sometimes after a couple years, they need that rest and recovery. They need to coast for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, I think we're good. I'm like, yeah, I think you're good. If you wanna go to that next big level, come back. We'll be able to hit the ground so much quicker, right? So um, we have long relationships with our clients, mm -hmm. even after they've, they're not, we're calling them their our alumni because it's still that family, that still connection. You know, they'll call me and be like, I just need one question answered. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, go for it, and and we'll we'll help them out and do that thing. But um, our how we do our work sticks, and that's when my clients see the same consistent growth and profits and all of those things because they're just doing simple things. Really, mm -hmm. nothing's magic. It's it's simple things that you just didn't know to do, but. Three years after, five years after, they're coming up and I'm getting texts, thought you'd like to see this mm -hmm. biggest awesome. month ever, you know, da, 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 da. And I want to celebrate that with them. But that's yeah. how I know that what we're doing isn't just about me. You know, it's not, it, Leslie helps for sure. Mm -hmm. But if I can help you help yourself, it'll stick. Yeah. And that's a really good day, right? That's what we're in for. Yep. We're in to go on and change the world. Yep. I love that you're having impact. Should we do rapid fire? I, lo I, know, oh, I love it. I know we're getting out of time. <laughs> I could talk to you for I know. Hour. I'm like, we could keep going. I've got a zillion questions in my head. Um, so what's your favorite beverage? Mm, I'm real simple. I drink three things. <laughs> Coffee in the morning with creamer. I'm a probably a four 
Like it's not light cream, but it's not dark. <laughs> I cannot drink black coffee. Um, during the day, I drink water, water, and more water. Um, and then at night, I drink wine. So, you know, I, I guess the, <laughs> the water kind Did of ba- yeah. is the balancing aspect. Mm-hmm. But I've had people going, you know, the coffee and the wine, they just kind of cancel each other out. You could just stop. And I'm like, is it, it works. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the routine. Um, the best advice you've ever been given. <sighs> mm. How about the most eye-opening thing I've ever heard? Oh, I love that. Oh, that's even because better. that's probably one of the things that I think about on a every second basis. I was talking with a colleague who owns multiple businesses, bigger than I am, right? And he'd just gotten back from the conference. And I was I was like, you are on fire. What happened? He goes, oh my gosh, it was awesome. These were my people. I was like, that's great. That's awesome. He goes, but you know what? And I was like, what? He goes, I only ever focused on building a $10 million business. When I really, I could have been thinking about building a $100 million business. I wish I had known that. And I'm like, hmm, isn't that interesting? Because what do women talk about building? Million dollars. Like, a yeah. million dollar business. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is what sticks with me. And so it wasn't necessarily a direct piece of advice, mm-hmm. but it's been one of those things I'm like, hmm, why aren't we having $100 million conversations? I want to have a $100 million conversation. Yeah. yeah. We will. Uh, dinner <laughs> with anyone? Oh, so dinners are my favorite thing. Like dinner oh. and conversations, I like live for. So if you're up for a good convo and a good food and good wine, I'm your gal. Um, I have lots of people. So Tim Gundy, I know from Project Runway. Yeah. Make okay. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, I just yeah. think that would be an interesting conversation. I think that would be Um fun. Brene Brown. Yes. Because yeah. she's sassy and we could cuss and it would be great. Um, <laughs> who else was in there? Uh, Richard Bronson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some, some things to learn there. But I'm just curious. Yep. You know, I'll yeah. talk with the plumber as much as I will the Giants because I'm like, dude, you know, plumbing truck, you can do one truck, two people, million dollar business. Yeah. I'm like, okay. dude, how are you doing that? Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. How does this work? Da, 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 da. That's literally why I wanted to do this podcast, because I was I love people and I'm very curious to the point of almost nosy. And I'm like, this is actually going to be OK, because I can be nosy for on re- purpose. Yeah. yeah. They'll be honored that you're being nosy. Right. Exactly. They signed up for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I... So yes, I I love I love that. I'm just that. curious. Yeah, yeah. Business, you can do business in so many weird, wonderful ways yes. that make a ton of money. I'm like, I want to know more. Yeah, I want to, you know, like I'm still an entrepreneur yeah. and I'm still on a journey and we've got yeah. goals. And you know what? I want to do it. We had, we were at a conference earlier this mm-hmm. week and it said I am and you had to fill in the blank. My blank said effortless ease. I want to do it, it yeah. with as little, uh, with as much ease. Oh yeah, for maximum impact. So I'm very know. curious about what that looks like for people, so that I can see it for myself. I had a mentor who always would say, "Let it be easy." Yeah, let it be that, easy. As entrepreneurs, we have it. It's got to be hard. We got to work <sighs> yeah. so hard. We got to put so many hours. Background. So oh. hard. It's so yeah. hard. And he's like, "Let it be easy." Or, that was everything. Just yeah. let it be easy. Yeah. 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 Just like. I'm busy or this is crazy. No. I've 
stopped saying those two words because mm. I'm like, it's not. I hate busy. I hate God, busy. I hate it when the word comes out of my I'm so busy. I, right? <laughs> I know. As if it's like some sort of token so of busy. greatness. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, I, one year I think I told everybody I was tired. <laughs> and I, at the end of the year, like we do like, what do you want more of? What do you want less of? And I was like, I don't want to feel like I need to say I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, so that word is going to be eradicated from my vocabulary, you know? Yeah. I go to type it. And I delete it back up. Habits. Um, Okay. So what are you reading currently? I'm actually reading nothing. Okay. Now I have to explain because it (laughs) doesn't make sense, right? Um, I'm an immersive is how I learn. And so what tends to happen is I binge on books. And like you won't get my head out of a book and I will go through like 10 in two weeks. And I'm like, like cookie monster. (laughs) Yeah, pages, pages <laughs> words dripping yeah. down. And then I go on the next binge of implementation. So mm. I do do a lot of learning. And I do spot learning, especially if I'm in content creation mode or, you know, we're developing a new workshop or something like that. And I always want to make sure we're based in good knowledge. Um, but as a whole, I binge on books. And it tends to be at the beginning of the year. Mm. So I've already started... My, you know, I know St. Marshall's, everyone's talking about St. Marshall's new book. I have um, actually am fascinated by Deepak Chopra's concept of synchro destiny. So I kind of want to delve a little bit into that. Like I go, there's no subject off off topic, guys. I mean, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of genius out there. And I have a really high comprehension level. So let me read it and I will put it into, uh, into work really fast. So when are you writing a book? I have written one. And I think that was my um, training book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there, is a, there is another. We were actually last night, I said, okay, here's my three opportunities. I can start a TV show. I can write another book. Or I can try to get on, get appointed to like a, a governmental task force for either women in business or small business. It's like, which one should I do first? Mm. I can't do them all. No. Only 24 hours in a day. I would go the third. I'd go the third. You're the best represent. You are a great representation of women oh, in business. And I think that the next impact would be after that. You say, okay, I've had, I've gained all this knowledge. Now it's time for a book. And then you're going to leverage the book into your show. Hmm. Oh. What do you think? See, I would go book first because then you always have. <laughs> but I'm thinking like a marketer and yeah. product ladders and yeah. all of that. Yeah. So you always have that thing that you could always you could utilize it in so many different ways in your yeah. business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So last night <laughs> that was the consensus. And I was like, whew, am I ready for that? Yes. You know? Yeah. So I feel it. <laughs> I was I was actually looking at it this morning. Like you have to apply and do all this stuff and it's very confusing. So I've got to call What a do you yeah, I wouldn't even know where to go. I guess we can talk about it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. applying and all that. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. Um top bucket list item. Mm, I this is kind of crazy. I want to go to India and sit on the ground. I'm I'm here for that. Just cuz it's original. And Yeah. Uh and what's your guilty pleasure? My pleasures Caused me no guilt. I was looking at this <laughs> question, and I was like, "I don't want the same thing." She's like, like, "I won't feel guilty for my pleasures." No, because I've earned them. I'm yeah. like, "Damn, I if I I am put here on Earth to enjoy my life. I'm not put here to like flagellate. What's the thing where you beat yourself over? I'm not here for that. Yeah, you know. And so, 
if I'm going to enjoy my life, I have pleasures of life. And they're little, sometimes it's a butterfly flying by and I stop. I go crazy over bubbles. I know that's silly. No, I love that. No. Right? Yeah. But I've allowed myself because I think in my 30s, I was so unhappy that I had to go figure out what happiness was and what created happy. So to me, my pleasures are my happy and they're my joy. And joy is a big value word personally for me and adventure. And so none of them are guilty. You know? Yeah, I think we need to reframe that word yeah. after these both of you have said it. Because I'm like, well, I wouldn't tell anybody that I eat croissants three times a week, listen to French music, and mm. have a cappuccino. But now I should probably be How, acknowledging that. What a wonderful that experience. It's yeah. the best. It's, right. my, it, it's so much that. joy. <laughs> Maybe it should be, so like, what's the guilty pleasure that you don't feel guilty pleasuring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you enjoy life? What are you yeah. doing to actually enjoy and live Ooh, life? I like, I like that, that better. Okay. Yeah, we're, re we're reframing that. <laughs> so I do love <laughs> to travel. I, spend yeah. way more, I, I have more travel experiences than I do furniture in my house. That's what I, I, I think that's <laughs> I, that, I think that equals success. Yeah. In real, in, for reals. Because I don't want any furniture. I'd rather travel. Yeah, me too. All right. So if somebody wants to connect with you, find more about you, find out more about you, where is the place that we send them? So yourbizrules.com is a great and fabulous place. If you're ready to talk, there's a way that you can book a call and we'll chat and see what's up and if we can help. Um, but we're everywhere. You know, we I've adopted the more omnipresent type of focus so that I can meet my clients where they are. Um, I know we're doing a lot of great stuff on LinkedIn, so that's kind of fun if you're not quite ready to be seen yet. You like to stalk before you reach out. Uh, link it, LinkedIn is a, a great place to do that. We've got a really popular newsletter out there. But yeah, just reach out. Just start a conversation. All right, awesome. we'll have that in our show notes page too. Leslie, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. Thank a lot you. of fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. All right.